Happy Friday, everyone. This is Around the KVBL. I am your host, Troy Kennedy. On today's show, we will have our first ever top 16 power rankings now that we have two Sims in the books. We will also have our first special special guest appearance. However, to keep things in suspense, I will not reveal this until later. But first, big news out of New York. It had been rumored that there was some tension in the locker room that all these players weren't getting along. There was a lot of veteran leadership coming in, but all the pieces weren't fitting well together. Well, Billy Thompson, a beat writer for the Knicks, confirmed via his Twitter page this morning that the Knicks say farewell to Falwell. Apparently, Robin Falwell has been traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the Knicks are sending Falwell and Todd Prosky to the Thunder and in return getting the services of Shoko Daniels and Billy Hoskins. So interesting move there for the Knicks who obviously signing Falwell was a big news coming out of the summer. Um, but after a 12-8 and eight start, um, didn't look like the team was really meshing well together. So we'll see what these new additions can do. In other news, Tyrese Mason had a nice little extension of four years, $70.6 million with the New Orleans Jazz. Good move by the Jazz after trading Falwell for Mason and now getting the man extended. However, with that said, two, two Sims are in the book. All Most teams have played somewhere around 20 games. Where do we sit? Who is hot? Who is not? Who is the top team? Who is the one to beat? Who has been a disappointment? We'll dive into that a little bit here with our first ever top 16 power ranking. In 16th place, we have the Denver Nuggets. They're sitting at 7, 17, 7 and 12. They're 7-4 at home. 0-8 oh, on the road. Um which for them to make any difference in the playoffs, probably need to improve that road play. But because they are a playoff team, they are in the power rankings. However, they are coming up the rear at 16th place. Number 15 are the Indiana Pacers. Uh, nine and 17 start. Um, after a 4-11 start through the season, they did at least go five and six this previous sim. So things are looking up a little better. However, um, you know, despite being in the playoffs um, at current pace, don't know how much damage they can really do there unless they make some moves. In 14th place, we have the Boston Celtics, um, a 500 team. They're sitting at 10 and 10. You know, they are five and seven home and a sixth lead. And that shows you how they're Right now, the Landers clearly still the weaker conference when you can get a 60th with a 500 record. Um, Celtics are trying to make some moves to improve that roster. Um, but as of right now, it's, you know, 500 record is not really going to do a lot of damage. In 13th place, we have the Portland Blazers. Um, also a 500 team right now sitting at 13 and 13. However, there are some. Some good wins in there, especially at home. They have a win over the Suns. They've beaten the Knicks. They're also one of the two teams that have beaten the Jazz. 
So that right there is a big scalp. They also beaten the Warriors. Um, 13 and 13. You know, it's it's in there. It's it's a playoff spot. They're sitting in eighth seed in the main art right now, who we know is obviously a bloodbath. In 11th place, the 17 and 10 Raptors. Um, you know, 17 wins is is very good, and that's a lot to be excited about. Um, however, looking at the schedule, the Raptors have had a fairly weak schedule so far. And to be honest, going going through the wins, the biggest marquee win is a road win at the Celtics. So that's not really too much to be excited about. But 17 wins is nice. They've taken care of the teams they should be beating. Um, however, have not managed to beat one of these upper echelon teams yet. We'll see if that can change. In 11th place, we have the New York Knicks sitting at 12 and 8. You know, big hype coming into this year. Uh, lots of people thought that they might be one of the favorites or amongst the favorites in the main up, we should say. Hasn't really lived up to it yet. 12 and 8, you know, is not terrible. However, I'm sure that the front front office is not quite pleased, which we saw today with moving Farwell to Oklahoma City um, and trying try and retool this team a little bit and see if they can take strides forward. Um, they do have some nice wins. They big win at the Warriors. They've beaten the Heat twice at home. Um, so there are some good wins in there. However, we know that this team wants to wants to do bigger and better things. In 10th place, we have the Seattle Supersonics um, who are starting to find their groove, start a little slow. Um, however, they've taken some losses at home um, against the Heat, against the Warriors twice actually, um, that they're probably trying to trying to avoid. I mean, the whole winning at home is obviously crucial come playoff time. Uh, but this team, it will be there at the end. Um, it's it's still a very good team, but just haven't really haven't really found a groove quite yet. In ninth place, we have the Golden State Warriors sitting twelve and seven. Uh, as of right now, have played fairly well at overall. Um, eight and four on the road is is pretty nice. That's that's good deal. They're hoping to in, in improve their home play, but they have um, good wins on the road and they have one nice home win against the Bulls, beating the Sonics on the road twice, which is which is nice. That that team is if they we can really find the group and increase their home play. Uh, they're going to be um, a pain to deal with. Uh, with that 12 and 7 record, they're currently sitting 5 and 5th seed in the main art. In 8th place, we have the Miami Heat, 13 and 7, um, sitting 4th in the main art with that. They are 6 and 3 at home, 7 and 4 on the road. Um, but you have a nice home win against the Suns. They have a road win at the Sonics and a ball and and a road win at the Bulls, which is obviously a big win. So uh, Heat are moving moving forward, 13-7. Still probably looking to add at this point. You know, we already saw after the first in they added DJ Kennington. I think they're going to try to keep improving the squad and see if they can move up in the main arc. In seventh place, the Atlanta Hawks sitting at 13-4. and four. A nice, strong start to the season. Played less games than a lot of the other teams but are still undefeated at home with a 7-0 record. So Hawks are, Hawks are doing good things. And, you know, a lot of people question their trade, trading Mason for, for Evans. 
but Evans has played well. He's fitting in it, fitting in well, and him and Jericho have it going. So Hawks thirteen four. Um, in sixth place, the Charlotte Hornets. Um, you know twenty and four. They are nine and two at home, eleven and two in the road. Um, nice record on the road, for instance, but also kind of maybe question the strength of schedule a little bit. However, 20 wins is 20 wins. We cannot argue with that. And with that, they are sixth, and they're actually currently number one in the Landros, um, ahead of the Lions, ahead of the Bulls, ahead of the 76ers. So good on the Hornets. See if they can keep it going. Um, their schedule is certainly going to get tougher um, throughout the season. In fifth place, we got the Philadelphia 76ers. They are sitting at 16-4. and four. They have the same split home road. They're 8-2 in both. Um, they are scoring 110 points per game and winning by a margin of 14. So solid team, good start. We questioned their depth. Doesn't look like it's had too much of an impact. Just hope that they are, can keep away from getting any major injuries because uh, that could probably really hurt them. But 16-4, nice start to the season. In fourth place, we have the Phoenix Suns. They are sitting at 20-5. and five. They're 10-1 at home. They're 7-0 and oh in their division, which is nice. However, they have not yet played the Jazz. So seeing the Suns-Jazz will be a very interesting matchup. See what happens there. Cage hasn't been quite Cage yet, but uh, we have a feeling that he's just warming up once he gets going. You know, the Suns will go where Cage goes. In third place, the Chicago Bulls. 19-5. and five. They are 10-2 and two at home. They're 9-3 and three on the road. They had a fairly slow start to the season. First sim was 8-5. and five, But they just won 11 straight games. They are heating up. So watch out. The Bulls might be back. In second place, we have the Vancouver Lions. They are 20 and 4. They are 10 and 0 at home. They have a winning margin of 18 points per game. The Lions are coming along. And excuse me, actually, the Lions are 17 and 4, not 20 and 4. 17 and 4. Um, but yes, 10, 10 and 0 at home, 7 4 on the road. They're 6-2 against the division, 13-2 against the conference. They will be up there fighting probably with the Bulls, I would say, for the top spot. Um, so good start of the season in Vancouver. And number one of our first power rankings, by far the hottest team in the league, the 22-2 New Orleans Jazz. They're 14-0 at home. They're 8-2 on the road. They're scoring almost 120 points per game, and they're winning by a margin of 20 points per game. Um, the only two losses that they've had so far are at the Blazers and they're at the Hawks. Um, and Hawks, as we already mentioned, still undefeated at home. Um, what is more interesting to see is how incredibly well Marilyn Rohr is playing right now. He is just absolutely off his rocker. Um, Looking at his stats, he's scoring 33 points per game on 55% shooting. Um, he is 39% from three and adding in, you know, 5.8 assists and almost four rebounds a game. This guy is going nuts. 
and I am sure that the fans in New Orleans are absolutely loving it. Now, can the Jazz keep it going? That remains to be seen. All right, guys, we are about to take a short break on around the KBBL. When we come back and interview with the man that puts the X in the X factor, Memphis X, the GM of the Los Angeles Clippers, will join us shortly. We'll be right back. Listen to these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Around the KBBL. I am now joined by GM of the LA Clippers, Memphis X. X, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. Thank you. It's another day in paradise. All right, so the Clippers sitting at 9-12 and 12 after a you know, active offseason. Probably haven't gotten up to the start that you were looking for. Um, tell me the state of the team right now. Uh, well, right now we are... Probably in a bunch of confusion right now. Uh, don't really know which direction we want to go because I know what I need for my team, but um, I don't think I'm able to get the right piece. So I don't know if I want to make some trades or, you know, just hold steady and, uh, you know, get another lottery pick. Makes sense. Makes sense. But it's nice to have the option, at least, with having it, holding your own pick, isn't it? Yeah. Especially in a main art as tough as it is. So as we already said, you know, your offseason was pretty active. Um, you made the big time move of trading um, the number one pick. Tell me what ha- what went into that decision. Uh, well, when I initially looked at the players that were coming out and looked at some of their descriptions, it was some players that I liked uh, more than others. Um. And when I looked at the ratings and the description of the number one pick, I didn't feel like he was going to be exactly what I needed. I needed a, I really wanted a two-way player, uh, a guy that can get you 25 or more points per game and play some decent defense and, you know, get you some uh, defensive, um, um, you know, steals and blocks and stuff like that. And although Haynes looks like he's going to be a real good player, uh, he still looks like he's going to be a high-level role player. Uh, It doesn't look like he's going to be a superstar unless he gets some real good progressions in which he is, um, you know, his assists, steals, blocks, and his defense becomes locked down, sort of like a DPJ. I understand. So one of the big uh, additions you had this offseason was Dino Dawes, who, you know, is one of the elite point guards in the league now is that a move to help up Cameron Hobbs in this development um really it was a move that I I just I liked him a lot more than I liked Horace uh I thought Dawes had a lot more you know value around the league than uh the spider god so I really wasn't really um because I really like uh Hobbs at point guard long term but Hobbs has a chance to develop maybe uh, as a scorer uh, if he can increase his efficiency at all, which looks like it might not happen, but you never know. Uh, But, you know, I don't know if it's my team setup or just the way I've been using him, you know, because I do play him a lot at backup point guard anyway. Uh, But he's doing a little bit better now than he was initially. So maybe it's just the team settings. But, yeah, it was just a a value trade for me. 
makes sense. I totally understand. Um, I mean, other additions that we have in your team are, you know, Ballard came from the Nets and you had Jamie Sachs joining and Paul Shannon and all are adding some veteran leadership. Um, how is that meshing with all this new youth you have on the team? Um, well, the Ballard trade was just a, a really a shot in the dark. So my team would, I wanted to see how my team would look uh, as a competent team, you know, just not having, you know, a trash front court after I traded Horace because uh, I knew I wanted to trade him and I knew I had to op- I had a trade, you know, in the bag if I wanted to trade him. So I, I didn't want to have a trash front court of, you know, a rookie that I didn't know, you know, in uh, Lucas and another rookie um, in Jasper along with uh, Whitaker. So I wanted to have one guy I knew who could play. And that's why I went after him. And the stuff that I traded really was stuff that I didn't really want. I didn't want to make any more late first round picks. And the young guys I got rid of really weren't that good to me. I hear. Now, are you, you said you're in a state of confusion in the team. Um, are we looking for more moves in LA or are we kind of sit? Are we just grazing around? Um, yeah, there was some the rumors that there was maybe a Clippers Knicks trade in the works. What, what can you tell me about that? Uh, well, I'm 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 looking at a lot of different things. I had some I had some good offers, a couple of good offers for DOS. Uh I had some offers, some mega a mega trade offer uh that I could have done uh with somebody in Atlanta. And with the Knicks, uh we're I'm I'm trying to work out we're working out in the periphery of the trade with the Knicks. Um we have a lot of different things that we we we're trying to keep from going. Uh, some of the players that I want, well, one of the players I want from the Knicks, he doesn't want to give up. So it's, uh, we're, we're, we're trying to work it out. I, I hear you. I hear you. Now, you know, we had 21 games into the season. Obviously you guys haven't started right where you want to be, but tell me about the play of your rookies. How do you feel they have done? Um, well, honestly, what, my team did get a little bit better when I started Lucas McFarland. Uh, I, th- I just think that his rebounding shot blocking and defense, are a good stabilizing force on my team. And I really like that. Uh, Gilbert, I gave him some more minutes also, uh, off the bench. He's been good. I really am thinking of starting him, uh, this next sim because my team really needs some more offense and he's a, he's a pretty good score. Uh, he's a lot better offensively than Sachs, even though Sachs is uh, a good defense and rebounding. But if I'm starting McFarland, I probably don't need it. Uh, and Jasper, he's just—he's a project. He's a teenager, so he's a project. He's a long-term. He's—he's he's probably the guy that I like. I really like the most uh, long-term because I think he has a good base to build off of. It just depends on you know how hard he works. And it's not the first time that Clippers have taken that dart shot. I remember Cameron Hobbs was an 18-year-old project as well when you guys drafted him, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like to, especially when, when I don't have a a real piece that I don't I don't have right now, like a, a, a real good superstar, somebody like KB or, you know, Julianus in um, Cleveland. If I don't have that piece where I know somebody who can carry my offense, I like to give myself a lot of time to get that piece. Even though Horace was that piece, uh, he could carry your offense, you know, obviously. But 
the defense was just something I couldn't I couldn't take into a serious building. There we go. Um, so the first segment of the show today, we did our first power ranking. It's going over the you know, top 16 teams in the league. Now tell me, who do you think is the best team and who is your favorite team? Um, the best team right now, I would still say, is the Vancouver Lions. Uh, if I had a playoff series, I would pick them over everybody in the league. Uh, the Bulls are a little bit weaker uh, since they lost some of their depth. And the Jazz, I don't really know what to make of the Jazz. The Jazz are, I don't know if they can hold up to a good defensive team uh, and keep their efficiency going, which is what's making their team go right now. They have just, they get so many points on such high high efficiency that the rest of the stuff doesn't matter. But if they get in a playoff series where a, a good defensive team, somebody like Vancouver or maybe Phoenix, uh, can lock down on their primary scores, uh, they might falter a little bit. But they're a fun team to watch regardless. I mean, they're just scoring for fun at this point. So, yeah. uh, you know, Merlin Roar has been something else. I mean, scoring 33 points a game on, you know, 55% shooting is is ridiculous out of somebody that, you know, is willing to take as many shots as he is. Yeah, that's that's the guy that I'm trying – I'm hoping that Yosemite becomes uh, later on in the future – even though, you know, he doesn't have the assist, the passing that Roar has. Um, I'm just hoping he, he can become, you know, a scorer on that level, even with the bad defense. And he's young enough at 19 that he might he might get there. I don't know if he, he's going to be as efficient as Roar, but I don't, I don't project him as a starter either as far as long term. But somebody off the bench that can give you a lot of points. Yes. Um... So with you being an L team, obviously we have the other LA team, the Lakers, who haven't really made a lot of noise as of late. Naturally, you would think that would be a rival rival to you. Um, however, you guys are playing in opposite conferences. So who would you consider to be your your rival? Is there is there a set rivalry that you feel like um, in this league? Uh, really, right now the Clippers have been bad for so long. Uh, I don't really have a rival right now. Um, I always say that uh, the Phoenix Suns are my number one rival, but the Suns are have been so much better than the Clippers that I haven't met anybody in the playoffs, you know, and it's it's just been a while. So it just depends on if I if I could say long term, the my rivals are the guy, other uh, franchises with three championships. That's <laughs> I'm trying to beat them all to the fourth championship. Yep. And the race to the like fourth. The, yeah, it looks like the Lions might get me this year. Uh, the Bulls have ho- held them off for the last two years for me because the Lions have – I mean, if it wasn't for that, these trades that um, the Bulls have made the last two years, uh, the Lions probably would have got the last two championships or at least one in the last two years. The Sonics have been pretty good. So – that's that's what I'm trying to do. That's my rivalry right now. The the Lions, um, the Kings, and the Raptors. I hear you. I hear you. Um, another exciting thing is happening this season in LA with the 2050 draft coming up. And currently, the Jimmy V Foundation Coaches versus Cancer has held their tournament in LA. So we've been able to see some of these draft prospects. Um, 
Is there anybody that you've been able to watch and see that you are extremely excited about in in this new coming class? Uh, well, there's a few players that I like. Uh, like I said, I don't really like to this, this the way that this draft is setting up and re- the way that I'm setting up this draft is. I really don't want to know who the favorite is per se, because usually I give give KJ a guide on who I want the favorite to be. And, you know, I have a guy because I would base them on real players, you know, real NBA players that have been, well, you know, the NBA, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would base them on, you know, past players so that he could have an archetype, you know, archetype to go over. And I would know who would be the better players. But this time, and usually I get rid of my pick or I don't have my pick in that draft. But this time I have my pick. So I'm just going to give, KJ is going to basically have the information that everybody else has. Um, a lot of these players have, you know, real good strengths and weaknesses. And even though they are still, you know, most of them are still based. Most of them are based on players. I didn't, I, the descriptions and the type, the player types are so different between the KVBL and the other league that a player that is just, a role player in the other league could be a superstar in the KB, KVBL. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've had that happen with drafts before where a player that I did think was going to be the top player, um, you know, was going to be just a good player, turned out to be a star in the KVBL, you know, with progressions and just the way that their, um, their uh, ratings are distributed. I understand. Yeah. Um, just, you know, remembering from um, from a previous draft, you know, a guy like Nick Jekros, who, um, according to the, the writers, was going to be a guaranteed top five pick, um, you know, ended up looking pretty badly on the scouting report by based on KJ and ends up going 13th. The next thing you know, the guy wins the rookie of the year. So you, you can always have that surprise in there. Yeah. So, um, moving on, when it goes... When you look at a prospect, not just you know in this draft, but in any draft, is there anything specific that you always look for in a in a prospect? Uh, well, the thing that I've been looking for, you know, I'm rebuilding right now, and the thing that I really look for a lot is I want guys to have a high trade value because I usually I don't want to be stuck to a guy because I used to do that draft guys that I really really like you know, the description, especially when we had, when we could scout the players, you know, the coronavirus, we can't scout anymore. So we just got to go by the description and watch them play, but you know, that kind of thing. But um, when we could scout, I would really get the guys that I really, really like. And it really, really matter what to me, you know, some, and then I would get guys and if they didn't perform and I wanted to trade them in their rookie year or during their rookie contract, their value would be crap compared to, you know, other players. So that's what I look for highly high trade value. And if I get high trade value, it's usually going to be a, a good player, the better player that's drafted and the player that can give me something in the future. Oh, I totally understand. I, I see that now, you know, there are a lot of GMs in this league, obviously with 26 teams, a lot of different personalities. Um, do you, do you find yourself often talking to a lot of GMs, non-business related? Um, Sometimes uh, when I have time, but usually I, most of the things I talk about are KVBL related. Uh, sometimes I, you know, we get, you know, talk about stuff, but 
everybody's, you know, so different. Uh, people live all over the world, actually, in the KVBL. So things are so different. So it just depends. Uh, hopefully one day we can have the meetup. And, you know, when this Corona stuff is over and we have the meetup and it'll be fun to get to see everybody and maybe, you know, do some in-face sims or something like that and get to do that. But, yeah, just a little bit, but not really that much. Now, from, from what I heard, I, I believe that the Knicks GM was trying to pull something together like that, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of GMs that are in the Northeast right now. You know, the club, as it's called, is in the Northeast. But, um, you know, it's just the times we're living in right now, it's just hard to get any travel schedule. Nobody's really going anywhere because we had a couple of GMs that used to travel all the time, like, you know, Smath used to travel, you know, he's he's in different countries all the time. So yeah, I haven't heard, you know, he hadn't been able to go anywhere lately. So yeah, luckily despite this time that thank God that we can still have the KVBL going. So um that that's that's huge for us. Um last question. I always like to finish up with a kind of off the wall question. Um, if you had to take one gym with you to desert island and that's where you got to stick out for the rest of your life, who would you take? And if you have to send somebody to desert island to let them rot there, who would you send? Uh, interestingly enough, the, the, the GM I'd probably like to, I would probably want to spend the time with if I was on a desert island would probably be, uh, Ricky, uh, somebody who would keep me entertained and, you know, it'd be fun. I I could play poker. I could do a lot of other things, you know, I, stuff like that. Um, regardless of what people say, I think he's the the funniest GM in the league. Uh, he really likes to get under people's skin. And the thing about it is I learned a long time ago because he used to piss me off when he first got in the league. Uh, I'm not going to even lie. And then I realized that he's really just fucking with people. He doesn't really – he's not really trying to – you know, piss people off. He's just fucking with people to laugh at you. And that shit is funny to me now. So that would probably be the one if I was stuck on an island with somebody. And if I what if I had to desert somebody, it'd probably be the other LA team, Kenneth. You guys just a weirdo. <laughs> well thank you. Thank you. I love the fact that you came on this show. Thank you so much for your time X. Uh good luck for the rest of the season and we hear from you soon. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks thank for having you. me Kennedy. Well, there you have it, Memphis X, the GM of the LA Clippers. Uh, we appreciate so much for his time today. Um, that was a fun little interview. With that said, we have a sim coming up Sunday morning at 12.30. Um, exciting part three of the season. We'll see if some of these hot teams keep it going or other teams going to work their way up the standings. Um, everybody, enjoy your weekend. We'll see you Sunday morning. KVBL, stay classy.